at work. Been a long time. Um, so, so, so I'm going to try to do a, uh, about four or five lessons on the family. And uh, so this is the first one. This one's going to be the most theoretical. And whenever I say theoretical, we're going to go to scriptures. And we're going to say this is what God has. Um, and, and I'm not going to tell you I have the perfect answer to the family. Because um, if I tell you and start showing you uh, some of the things behind the doors of, of our home, uh, I would be embarrassed uh, greatly. And it's not what I want to project. It's, it's not, it was not godly. But also, um, after living a while, I've, I've refined some of those things, still refining a lot of those things, and uh, trying to improve upon those. But also, uh, the family is, is, is one of the key things that God gives us. And it's... it's, it's I think we see today in our culture the destruction of the family. And, and it is one of those things that it's, it's in the church. Uh, there's not a single one of us that, that are perfect in this area. Uh, but that's not going to negate for me preaching, here's the standard, here's what we, we need to be doing. And we need to be getting closer to that. And we need to be taking the next generation closer to that because the world's taken us uh, to a different place. We have broken homes. We've all sinned. We've all fall short of the glory. We have disobedient children. Um, we, we have uh, spouses that are not faithful, that make our, our livelihood, our life much harder. And so we're, we're all here, but part of this, especially this lesson, is to realign us, and I think, you know, I, you know, I know I've said this in Bible classes. I think I've even preached some lessons. But I think if I'm going to work on family and we're going to talk about family, uh, I think we need to start here and make sure we understand what God's plan is. We, we see people today how far out people are saying the family is. And, uh, and once you can destroy the, the base unit of anything, the foundation of society, which is the family, then you can destroy a society. And I think we, we see that, or at least look at that. So starting off, <clears throat> Matthew 7, 24 through 27. And this is, I'm not going to read all of this and, and uh, try, to, try to finish this up, and I'll spend more time on other places. But our foundation, we have two places we can determine to build our foundation. We can, we, can we can build our foundation in, uh, on sand or we can build it on solid rock. And, and just as we see Christ as the cornerstone, where are we going to build our foundation of our family? And this is, this is the beginning and this is the end of where families need to start. And, and today, I, I'm going to use the word family, and today we're really, we're not going to talk about children. We're, we're going to talk about 
you know, the unit of the family and the foundation and the, the husband and wife. But it has to start. And if you build, I mean, there's going to be trials. There are going to be things. There's going to be storms in life. And I, I can't imagine me ever waking up on Sunday morning and Sandra arguing with me, we just don't need to go to church today. We just do not need to go worship today. And, and the reason I say that, there's been times in both of our lives that we've had to overcome things. But whenever both of us are there, we both see that we need to be building our foundation. There's just something. Now, we've gotten up on Sunday morning. We've argued. We've argued very well. Don't think you could do it better than we have. But our foundations, we've always both said, whenever we get through arguing selfishly, then we finally calm down and we get back to God's word and we say, okay, this is what we've got to do. So you've got to build your foundation on, on the Lord. Uh, Psalms 127, verse, verse 1. Turn there. 127, verse 1. And it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine not having prayer and having God's sanction on what I'm doing. And, and so, whenever we're building something, we better be thinking about is God in it. So God created the family. And the two shall become one. And so, um, you know, Reagan loves to tell us about Genesis. And I have to admit today, every time I think of the word Genesis, I think of Reagan. So, and I think that's positive, that's a compliment to Reagan. The point is, is, Christ took us back to fundamentals. He took us back to the beginning of time, and this is what God meant. So let's read verse 18 through 24. We're going to pull some things out of here. We're going to go over some passages. I've, I've not come back. I'm not going to come back to this passage a lot in this lesson. But I hope as we cover other parts of the family, you reflect back on these passages, because this is where it begins. Verse 18, and this Really pay attention, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable to him. The woman was made to be suitable to the husband. The husband was made to be suitable to the wife. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he could call them. And whatever the man called a living creature... It was, that was his name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every uh, beast of the field. But Adam, there was not found a helper suitable to him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman 
into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man to the man the man said this is now bone of my bones the flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh now you can go to Matthew 19 and get the same Christ brings that back, and I think that's important. And so I was trying to think of an illustration, so y'all have to realize I am a country boy. And so I was trying to think, well, what am I going to have up there at, at, at the podium that I can talk about this one unit? Well, I got my pocket knife. Well, a pocket knife has a blade, right? Have you ever tried to skin a deer with just a blade? Not effective, right? The pocket knife needs a handle too. Have you ever had a knife that didn't have a handle? Have you ever had a knife that didn't have a blade? You need both to be effective. Now that's two parts right there. Now we recognize that to be a unit, but you gotta have both, right? So why is it hard for us to understand that the two shall become one? You've got to have both. There's not one that's more important than the other. And so when God joined and whenever he made Eve and he made woman, it was so that we would fit as a hand in a glove, right? We work together. We do not bring the same attributes to that unit. Believe me, it's taken me a while to figure out some of Sandra. And it's taken her a while to figure me out. And for us to have more patience with each other. But the whole point is, you can't do one without the other. And so we understand the illustration of the knife and the handle and the blade. And that's what God has brought us together with. And so we become one to be effective. Woman was not created to be independent of man. Just as man is not created to be independent of woman. He needed a woman to complete him. Now, I understand in 1 Corinthians 7 that there's some men that can choose to be eunuchs. But for the majority of us, we choose to find a mate. And the whole key is, is we are complete with that. And God meant it to be that way. And so as, as Christians, in a sinful world, this is God's plan. It hasn't changed in 6,000 years. It's not going to change. It doesn't matter what man puts onto it. It's not going to work unless it's God's plan. And that's, and that's through this series, we're going to talk about those attributes that, that both of the people should be bringing to that unit. God's purpose uh, for the family. 
God designed the family. And he had a purpose. And if God in created man, so Psalms 103 verse 14, for he himself knows our frame, he is mindful of, of we are but dust. God created us. Why don't we have enough faith to understand God knows what's going to make us happy? And God knows what's going to make us successful. If he created us, Psalms 139, uh, verses uh, 13 through 16. I think I only have 15 there, uh, up there, but really verses 13 through 16. For you formed me for my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. And my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. God made us. If God made us, he knows what we need. If God created us and he gave us the family unit, he understood what he was doing. We need companionship. We need companionship. Proverbs 18.22 He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. We need companionship. And God gives us that in the family. Another thing that the family is for is for procreation. And so we won't go over there. You can go over there, Malachi 2.15. God desires godly offspring. God did not create a race that was going to end at Adam and Eve. He created a race that wasn't going to procreate itself. And he gave us the standard to do that. Now, I would like to, you know, think about um, the world today and that we've all of a sudden came up in the last 50 years of all these great ideas that we can improve the family and all of these things. Well, it was in Christ's time too. Let's not kid ourselves. We're not living through a time that we haven't seen. We're not the only sinners that have ever walked on the earth. We're not the only ones that's questioned God's plan for us. It's happened throughout mankind. But there's always been a remnant. But that remnant is preserved through God's plan. The family is, is, is there for enjoyment too. And contentment. And so Hebrews 13 verse 4, marriage is to be held in honor among all and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. It is there also for enjoyment. Proverbs 5, 15 through 19. We'll read there. Proverbs 5, 15 through 19. 
Drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, uh, let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and, your, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. And so, God's plan provides for enjoyment. 1 Corinthians 7, he gives us there that we have obligations to our mate. That we no longer, in verses 1 through 5, um, we no longer have authority over our own body once we join, once we are bound to our mate. And that they, they, our mate has responsibilities. We owe certain things to them, except for a time of fasting. And, and so I'm not reading all these passages because I'm trying to move us along and trying to get through some of this. But this is, this is God's plan for the family. Um, as we go through, going back to Genesis, we see uh, through uh, Abraham, we see that through his family, all the world's going to be blessed. We th see through families that the world can be blessed. We're seeing right now where the world's not being blessed for the lack of families. We see that in our society today. And there is, we can sit here and we all have different situations we're in that we've helped put ourselves there. But that doesn't mean just because we're there, that's the standard. And that's one of the things as Christians we have got to be working on in our, in our lives. We have got to be getting back to the standard. We have got to be working ourselves back to that standard because we can't feel the purposes of God. 1 Corinthians uh, 3, we have to build our families on God's word. And so 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. If we're going to build our families, if we're going to do anything, it has to begin with God's Word. And it doesn't matter what the world says. Because remember, the world only looks at the moment. God is looking lifetimes and generations. And that's, what, that's why we have to have faith. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. Um, I encourage you to go look up Paul Harvey. Uh, I think it was 1968, 1967 that Paul Harvey did a story on if you wanted to destroy the world. If if you know what is the devil doing to destroy the world? I forget how, how he put it, but you ought to go at least listen to it. It's pretty incredible. If 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 it's really Paul Harvey that time, I, I kind of say that because I kind of question nowadays with all the electronics and everything we could do. But the whole point is, if it's true, it's it's Paul Harvey got it right. <clears throat> 
And uh, for the older ones of us in here, I'm assuming most of us used to enjoy Paul Harvey. Um, Christ changes relationships. Second Corinthians, um, Second Corinthians five verse sixteen. Let's read that. Verse seventeen. Therefore, now we we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. We, we have choices. We have choices. In my marriage relationship with Sandra for 34 years, I told her, I said, it's only 33 and a half. She said, no, 33 and eight months. She reminded me. She and I have changed. You got two places you're going to change. You're either going to go towards the devil or you're going to go towards God. And you're, God is wanting us to change. And I can tell you that Sanders thankful that I've changed. She just wishes it would be quicker and she wishes it continues quickly. The point is, is, is Christ is going to change our relationships. And we need to be having that because over time, the second law of thermodynamics takes place. Either you're going to go to more chaos or you're going to put work in and you have more order. And that's the same way with the family. Um, I use Ephesians 5 here just to kind of do, you know, Husband, love your wife. Keep as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for, for us. <clears throat> to me, whenever we think about, here's a so here's some practical, I, I told you this is going to be more theoretical, but what God's joined together, let no man separate. And in Ephesians 5, um, um, let's see, my 531, I think I've got the wrong verse on my, my notes here. Or I slid down too far. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, for what? Uh, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. What God's put together. I want you to think about whenever you go into a relationship, and so right now I'm working on a relationship with another business. I've got attorneys sitting there saying, well, we got to make sure we can break this relationship up and get rid of it if, we, if it's not good for us anymore. So you see how we're already starting the relationship off? Well, you know what? God didn't do that for the marriage relationship. God said you're going to be there. And, and if you're going to be there, so you're going to approach every situation differently. Because you know why I'm going to approach that differently? Because every morning i got to get up and see the same woman. And she's got to see the same man. And so we're going to start solving problems 
preserving relationships. I don't have in the back of my mind, I'll just get rid of her tomorrow. Now, we probably both have entertained that at times. But the point is, this is one of those practical things. And, and so, if we know we've got to be together, and we know we're both human and we make mistakes, what God's put together, we can't separate. And so that changes the whole way we approach everything we do every day in that relationship. It, it changes the way you do that. It changes the way you apply everything in the world. And, and so one of the things I will tell you, and we're, we're going to get into a lot of this, you know, in the next <coughs> lessons. If I'm sitting there designing this relationship, we're probably going to be living in a one-room house, air-conditioned, hot water, and there's going to be one big boat sitting out by the canal, and, and there's going to be a thousand or two thousand acres where I can hunt behind the house. You see how man designed something? You see how we think about things? And so if you think about God's design and the commitment that we have to have for that relationship, we better be going back to God's word. That, that is the key for us to be successful. And we better be taking all of our families back to God's word. Because... What's important to me today is not what was important to me whenever I got married. And I'll say the same thing for Sandra. The same thing, we, we, the one con continuity we have in our relationship is we're both going to try to serve the Lord. That's the same. We're, we're still going to end it every day. All right, how do we do this? Um, I, I say this. I want you know. I tell the story on, on myself, and so there was a, there was a time there. Uh, and I, whenever I talk about you, you got to, you know, you got to stay together. So I was having a hard time. So finally, I said, "All right, we're going on a date every month until we can figure this out." And I remember the first time we were going on a date. I almost turned the car around. I was so frustrated. <laughs> it was just terrible. And the point I'm trying to make to you is, is over time, you get to those points that are hard. You have to keep coming back. If I would have thought I could have gotten out of this, like Sandra said, oh, she would have left a long time ago. It would have been a lot easier. But you can't get out of it. And so you got you got to be living in God's word. And and the, the, the beautiful thing I can tell you, it gets a lot better. Attributes of, of God's family. Um, I'm running a little over here. Uh, you gotta have trust. Proverbs uh, 31 11. Uh, you gotta have trust. Uh, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. 
Um, you know, and, and I'm gonna just tell you, so I, I just kind of share with you. So I had I had an acquaintance one time says, Clay, have you ever thought about running a DNA test on your kids? And I, and I thought about that and I was like, no, I never have thought about that. Never entered my mind. A couple of years later, he was divorced. And, and I will tell you, his wife probably wasn't the problem. The point I'm trying to make is, is in a relationship, you got, you know, one of the attributes of, of God's family is going to be there's going to be trust between us. And that's a terrible story that I just told you. That's true. That is a true story. So, there's going to be romance in a sexual relationship. And I'm not going to go, go read Song, Song of Solomon 1 and 2, 1 verse 2. There's going to be good things in, in those relationships. There's going to be romance. God blessed us with that. There's going to be affection and friendship. I do want you to go to this passage here. Go to Song of Solomon. And, and notice in verse 9, uh, 10, and verse 12, he basically states, my sister, my bride. My sister, my bride. Notice that there's multiplicity of relationships in God's family between the husband and wife. And, and so, it's not talking about he married his sister. But you grow up with your sister, and you have a great relationship with your sister. But wherever you get married, and you're supposed to form that same relationship. Uh, sacrificial love. Ephesians 5, 25. Uh, Husband loved her wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for, up for her. You know, whenever you have problems with your marriage in your family, I'm going to bet, and anybody want to take this bet, one and both of you are being selfish. One and both of you are being selfish. How do I know that? Well, I think this passage tells me that. And also, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 through 7 tells me that too. And I've also lived it. Whenever I'm doing, whenever we are loving each other with sacrificial love, whenever we are there to serve each other, as Christ served the church, but whenever we have the love and we're patient, we're kind, we're not jealous, We don't brag. We're not arrogant. We don't act unbecoming. We, we don't seek uh, our own. We're not easily provoked. Does not take into account wrong suffered. Have you, all of these things, we all have, have messed up. Um, do we rejoice whenever our mate has issues, um, but do we rejoice in truth? So these are some attributes of family. And I told you this, this lesson here is going to be my most theoretical lesson. Uh, I'll tell a lot more stories as we go through some of these and, and uh, 
apply passage and try to use scripture, but also some practical things as we go forward. And so the family unit is from God. The family unit is from God. It's ordained by God. It is a man and woman that's in that relationship. We're told all kinds of things today. Uh, you know, the things that's put on, on the news. And so, so what we're going to do, and I, I told you there might be four or five. There's going to be the husband's role that we'll cover the next time. The wife's role and then children. And, and as we go through the husband and wife role, we'll be also discussing uh, things that we have responsibilities for our family and our children there to do that. So, so that over the next four or five, three, or three to four lessons, we will, we will discuss uh, those things there. The point we need to take away is we better be building not only our life, but whenever we enter into this unit, this, this family unit that God ordained, are we looking to his word to say, this is how I'm supposed to act. This is what I'm supposed to do. And whenever you start looking at it from God's point of view, and, and, if, and, and whenever I say this, we better be working every day and growing our faith because you're going to need that faith to get through some things. There's going to be storms. There, there's, you know, we started the lesson off with, with the storms and the sand and the rock. You're going you're gonna to need God's faith to say, I can get through this. I can work my way through this. And it can become very beautiful. And, and, but it's always going to be there. It's always going to be something you've got to work at. And it's got to be God's plan. So if there's anyone here that needs to obey the gospel, there's anyone here that needs to, to uh, uh, have the prayers of the congregation. Jonathan, what's our song? 378. Let's stand while we sing. Number 378.